0: listening to the transformations with jane podcast i'm your host jane nakata a new zealander living her best life in fukushima japan i'm a podcast consultant and the creator of pod launch with jane a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do this show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a podcast consultant living here in Fukushima Prefecture in Japan. Thank you for joining me again today. It's a beautiful day here in Fukushima. I have just been out for a walk with my my dog, Sebastian, and we had a really great walk. I feel very invigorated and ready to record this introduction for you, even though it's Saturday morning. It's a very different kind of Saturday morning for me this week, as my children are not here, they are at school. And today is supposed to be their undokai, or sports day, but considering that we are entering into a state of emergency again here in Japan, especially in places like Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, other places in uh, Hyogo Prefecture. But also here in my city, Iwaki City, they are kind of giving us a, a semi-state of emergency kind of message at the moment. It's stay home, don't go out, because we just generally do not have many doctors or hospital beds here in this city. So they want to really get on top of the the situation. We've had a few cases of Corona popping up more than before, more than ever before, actually. And even my kid's school was shut down this last week for three days because one person tested positive for the coronavirus. So they closed the school, they disinfect the school, and. I imagine some of the chemicals they use, you don't really want kids going back into school straight away after they've done that. So they keep the school closed for three days here at this point. And the kids just, like, we got this email at 9 p.m. on Monday night and it was no school tomorrow. We've had a case pop up and so the school will be closed for the next three days. So almost zero notice, obviously. So I can just imagine how many parents were scrambling for something to do with their kids for the next three days when they got that email. Luckily for me, I have designed my life so that I work from home and I can be a little bit flexible about about when I work. And so it wasn't really a big deal for me, but I did have a little bit of a flashback to last year. It was almost exactly the same time last year when all of the schools were shut down here in Japan. We were here because we had been repatriated because of the coronavirus situation that was happening in Europe. And we arrived just in time. I think my daughter went to school for a week here in Japan, and then they shut the schools down for two or three weeks at least. And then there was just, yeah, there was, it turned out my kids had no school for six months last year in in a row. It was a long time, and we had nothing to do for a, second, for a lot of that time because we weren't in our own home. We were living in this temporary accommodation, so we had pretty much nothing. We had clothes in a suitcase, and that was about it. This time, I was thinking, this is not that. This is just three days. You know, Come on, bring yourself back from having a, a little bit of a, a breakdown about this three days off school. You're in your own home. You have a garden. The kids can play in the garden if if necessary. They can ride a bike. They can play with the dog. You have a dog <laughs> who needs attention and walks. And you have toys and an internet connection, TVs for people to watch. It's okay if people look at their devices a little bit more than usual. So somehow we got through those three days, those three whole days. And actually, I ended up enjoying a little bit of it as well, even um, we did some creative projects. My lovely sister in New Zealand sent through a poetry project for them to do, and she she gave them some tasks. That first, they had to create a vision board type thing with things that images that they liked that were going to inspire them to write a poem. So they did that, and then they wrote their own poems. And even my six year old son managed to write write his own poem even though it was about guns, which is the only thing that he's interested in at the moment. Guns and playing games on the Nintendo Switch are his life at the moment. Even though I would rather that they weren't somehow, he's just absolutely obsessed with them. My daughter is absolutely obsessed with Harry Potter at the moment. She's read the first four books and we're just waiting till she's a little bit older to let her read the next few books because they're a little bit dark. Anyway, she loved the first four books, even though she actually resisted reading them and thought they were boring until she actually read them and realized that they were fascinating. And now she's a Harry Potter fan, just like me, a staunch member of the Hufflepuff house. (laughs) And she's also had everybody in our family sorted into different houses as well. And even the dog, the dog is also a member of Hufflepuff. Anyway, I digress, but she also created her own vision board that had a lot of Harry Potter stuff on it and wrote a really great poem about, um, it's titled, Why Can't I Make a Patronus? And if you are a Harry Potter fan, you will know what I'm talking about. So yeah, that was a really great poem. I was very impressed with her creativity there. So yeah, we did a lot of creativity things during the three days. And we even baked a carrot cake, which is my daughter's favorite food that she discovered in Sweden. They love carrot cake, and I love carrot cake. I'm from New Zealand. We love carrot cake there as well. It is not a food here in Japan. It's not popular. and I don't understand why. It's so yummy. But anyway, we decided that we would figure out how to make carrot cake because We don't have any baking (laughs) supplies at the moment. I don't even own a cake tin, or I didn't own a cake tin. So we had to go and buy all of those things. And so I said to her, if you want to make a carrot cake, you're nine. You can probably do this by yourself, mostly by yourself. So go and find a recipe online, write out all of the ingredients you'll need and how much, and we'll go and buy all the things. So we did that. She did maybe 90% of the cake probably by herself. So next time we're we're gunning for 100% and she even, you know, did the tidying up, which is part of baking. And it's one reason why I hate baking myself, even though I was apparently a very good baker when I was nine years old. So, yeah, we did things like that. And Kristen, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago from uh, Creative Meditations, was saying that um, having, you know, being creative doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to use you know good supplies just use whatever you have around your house so i remembered that and i thought yes it's time for me to do some painting so we got out the paints which have arrived from sweden just a few weeks ago luckily we had found paint and bits of cardboard and my kids painted some really great pictures and i did one too and that was really really nice to do some creative projects with them to be present for that and just say okay You're going to do the minimum viable work that you can do this week, which is things that you have on your schedule that you can't really move. And the rest of the time, you're just going to do what you can. You're going to focus on the kids, do some stuff with them, or you're just going to plug them in every now and then (laughs) to their devices and, and get on and do some other things that you want to do have some outdoor time, make sure that's in there. And that's something that I really noticed that even, the, you know, the school was telling us, please make sure your children stay home, which, you know, of course, it's school time. They should be, you know, at home doing doing some kind of school work if they have it, that sort of thing. But not letting the kids step outside was something I noticed in our neighborhood. And I just thought that we really have to give our kids more sunshine now than ever if we want them to be healthy and not catch this virus when it comes around. The kids who are outside getting their vitamin D and have good immunity systems are going to be the ones who, you know, who it doesn't touch so much. So yeah, making that a priority, getting them out with me, walking the dog, all those things we did. Somehow we made it through those three days. So during those three days, I also recorded this episode with our guest for today, who is Christine Brown. Now, Christine is an intuitive guide, and when I first heard about this, this was back in January, I first came across Christine, and I thought, what is that? What What is an intuitive guide, and how can that help me? What do I have to do on my end of this? And I actually emailed Christine and said, because I knew I was going to a group session with her that I'd been invited to, and I was very curious and excited to try, but I didn't know what this would what I would have to do. And she said, you know, we're going to clear something. So if you have something you'd like to clear, and I'm like, what does that even mean? But what she meant was something you'd like to release or, or something that you would like to not have to carry around anymore. And she's meaning something emotional or a belief or a memory perhaps. So when I found that out, I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. Let's see what this is. And so I went to my first session. It was a group session, so it wasn't my individual you know, issues or whatever. But I cried from start to finish during the session. And obviously, I had a lot of emotions that needed to process. And it wasn't long since we had arrived back in Iwaki after transferring back to Japan. So obviously, I had a lot of things that needed to be processed. And I hadn't really even noticed that myself until I sat down and went through this session with with Christine and the other members of the group. And so even though it was my own private issues and, and staff, baggage, whatever you want to call it, I was really able to, yeah, obviously process that through crying my eyes out and I came out of it feeling really refreshed, really invigorated and euphoric and I was so happy to have released some of the, the, I think it was grief, sadness that I was carrying around from having to leave Sweden before I was ready to leave, before I was ready to leave. Obviously, the universe, the, whatever you want to call it, had other plans for me to come back to Japan and I can start to see that now. But at the time, I had a lot of sadness around that. So yes, this is my guest for today. I hope if this is your first time to hear about this kind of thing, it's a little bit more woo-woo. Just listen with a real, with an open mind as much as you can. And I know that it can be a lot to deal with when it's your first time to hear about this. But Christine is really lovely and I hope you'll enjoy listening to our our talk and it's actually Christine's first podcast appearance and you probably will be surprised to know that because she didn't have any trouble telling me all the great things about you know what she does and that so yeah I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Christine, welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. Yeah, thank
1: you so much Jane for inviting me on your podcast.
0: Yeah, so tell everyone a little bit about you. I think we just have to introduce you because I think you're pretty, pretty new to the, to the, uh, the scene, the online scene anyway, in Japan. And yes. I only first heard about you in back in January, I think it was. So yes, please introduce yourself and tell everyone. Yeah. Who you are, where you're from. What you do?
1: Uh, well, I'll start with what I do. So I am an intuitive guide. And what I do is I guide people through an area of their life that they want to work on, or perhaps they've been working on for a long time. And things are just not going quite the way they would like it to. And so I use my intuition and I receive messages for them. And I communicate what I'm hearing, seeing, feeling, and knowing so they can examine that area of their life and look at the energies they're holding, the stories they're holding, and then hopefully uh, move past that and release some of those energies and take step forward to enhance that area of their life or get it to the place that they would like it to be
0: okay Um, yeah so So that's probably a lot to take in for people who've never heard (laughs) of
1: a lot of information there yes Um, yeah the first
0: time I heard it I was like huh like what is this and so I kind of started to understand it a little bit after I went through one of your group sessions and I think I actually cried the whole way through I like obviously had a lot of things to process and you know crying is good and all of that I cried mm-hmm. from start to finish I felt amazing afterwards I felt yeah quite drained but amazing afterwards so yeah if you oh. ever have a chance to join one of Christine's group sessions then definitely do that so how did you end up here in Japan tell us your uh, how I got to Japan story
1: oh goodness that's a long one um well I actually I, I love to travel and I've been fortunate enough to Fortunate enough to travel to, oh gosh, more than 20 countries now. Um, but one of my goals in life was to live in a country that was completely different than my own. So I grew up in the United States in the Midwest in a small town. And I did live in New York for 16 years. I went to college there. And I was exposed to not only people from around the United States, but from people all over the world. And it just really expanded my curiosity about the world and I started traveling. And as I said, I really wanted to have the experience of living in another country. And I didn't want to live in like England or Canada because I spoke English and I wanted to be in a place that the, the culture and the language were completely different. And part of it was a challenge, you know, to be, a, to challenge myself a bit and to grow and expand. But uh, part of it too, to be honest, was to travel more. Um, I had mostly traveled to Europe and I really wanted to... Travel to Asia. And um, so I had several friends who had lived in Japan, had studied in Japan, and they told me about a teaching program uh, that was run through the Japanese government. And so I applied for that and went through a very long, arduous process. (laughs) Mm. Um, But I was eventually uh, granted a position and I accepted it. And I moved to Nagasaki, Japan. I lived there for seven years. And then I moved to Tokyo about seven years ago. So I'm just shy of 14 years in Japan, which I never thought would happen 14 years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I bet you didn't anticipate to still be here when you came over on the jet program.
1: Absolutely not. It was like two or three years live in Asia or sorry, live in Japan, travel throughout Asia and then go back to New York and continue. Um, I actually had a pet care service uh, that I had started about four years prior to moving to Japan. And so I had every intention of moving back to Brooklyn and restarting my pet care service. <laughs> but here I am instead, 14 years later, living in Tokyo and, and now working as an intuitive guide. So,
0: yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing the the path that our life takes that we just can't even imagine.
1: Absolutely. Yes. But I have to say, actually, now looking back, I do realize that all of this time and all of these experiences in my life, starting with uh, leaving my my hometown when I was uh, 20 years old and I, I moved to New York. Uh, I didn't know a single soul, <laughs> you know, um, but I was really guided to go. I just, like when people ask me, why did you go to New York? I'm like, I can't really explain it 100%. And I think that's something about intuition where you just have to trust your gut. You have to trust your knowing. And I just knew that I was supposed to go there. And it was honestly the perfect place for me. Um, New York is um, just kind of filled with misfits, I guess is the best way to say it. Again, people from around the US or around the world. And of course there are people there who are just working or going to school, but New York tends to attract people who don't feel like they fit in in other places. And I grew as an individual in New York, and I really started diving deep into personal growth and development work about, oh my goodness, it's almost 30 years ago now. And so it has taken me on an incredible journey around the world, literally. And I've been able to meet fascinating people and and have really incredible experiences. And like I said, now that I've trained my intuition, I can look back at these experiences and realize that every step was meant to be, every person I was meant to meet, every experience was meant to be had. And when I take myself out of thinking about something too much and just really trust my gut, trust my instincts, trust my knowing, trust my heart, I just keep moving forward. And I often don't see the path in front of me, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try this. And if it doesn't work out, I'll try something else. <laughs> so that has been my experience thus far.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you obviously learned to train your intuition and we all have this thing called intuition, right? Don't we?
1: Absolutely. Everyone does. I mean, a lot of people, you know, scoff at that or they shake their head when I say, listen, it's just a natural part of who you are. Um, I really, truly believe that we are born with it, and we do have it. It's just like any other skill. It's a matter of training it, of practicing, right? If you're a runner, you and you run want to run the Boston Marathon, you don't just uh, run one day and then join the marathon the next day, right? So it's the same thing. You, you there are many ways to train your intuition, but it's just a matter of training it. Yeah, and practice, practice, practice.
0: So sometimes you know we have these experiences which we later realized were our intuition guiding us to do things Mm -hmm. um what about you know when you get that gut feeling of of like fear is that how do you know if that's intuition or just like being a scaredy cat there's a question for you (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, fear is a big one. So, you know, there essentially are two two states of being. There's being in the state of love and there's a a variety of emotions attached to that, like joy, happiness, laughter, um, abundance, gratitude. And then there's a state of fear. Uh, A lot of people say love and hate are opposites, but it's actually fear. And fear is the main (laughs) culprit here for many people, including myself. And the fear is what will hold you back. And and it also depends on what the situation is. Now, there are situations of danger. And so your body is going to react to that you know, I mean, we've all had that experience, or you know, especially women, where maybe someone gets too close to you, or your, you know, your instincts kick in, and you feel like you're in a situation of danger. So that's a little bit different. That's your, your, your brain, your body actually telling you you're in a state of danger. But fear is also a a deep emotion. And it's so ingrained. And it's so prevalent in our world now. I mean, just look at what's happening with with COVID and uh, all the other things happening in the world. So the blanket element of that is just fear. And again, it's it's the thing that holds people back the most in life. It keeps us constrained. It keeps us small. It keeps us from doing the things we really want to do. And um, yeah, that, that's actually a big energy that comes up pretty much everyone that I work with. And it's in different places in the body and in the
0: energy field. So Sorry, I forgot what the original question was. I went off on a little tangent here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So uh, what I wanted to know was, you know, like sometimes we'll get this feeling of intuition, like, oh no, I shouldn't do something. Like, I just feel like Mm -hmm. I should really stay home today. Like sometimes I'll just get this feeling like I really just shouldn't go out today. And sometimes it'll be it'll come true that something will happen, and I'll be like, you, you know, I'm really glad I didn't go out today. Um, right. You know, it might be an earthquake, or it might be I don't know what. But sometimes, for example, I'll get that. But then other times, you want to do something. For example, you might want to start a new business, or you might want to approach a new client, and you'll get this feeling of dread or fear. But mm-hmm. you know, you're not in any physical danger like the other. You know, when you actually could be in physical danger. As you mentioned before, you know, women having this thing, like I shouldn't walk down that street or right. that guy's giving, I'm getting a weird vibe off that guy. I'm going to go into a shop or something, you know, not that kind of sort of feeling, but yeah, like, and like you think it's your intuition saying, oh, I shouldn't contact that customer, a potential customer, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But is it just fear holding you back or is it intuition, you know, like which is which that sort of, that's what I was well, wondering.
1: In, in that case, it would definitely be fear. You know, again, this is so ingrained in us from, from childhood. And it, it does actually stem from, you know, if we go all the way back to the beginning of humanity, and at that time, we needed others to survive, right? Like we needed to be in a, in a community to actually survive the wild animals or the other tribes or whatever it is. And we still carry that. It's a completely innate feeling. It's a, it's a part of who we are. And but a lot of it also comes from our upbringing, our family, our society, uh, because fear is carried on through generations and it's passed on to us through through everyone. It's not like a this is not a blame thing or a fault thing. It's just a natural state of being. So in the case of, for example, you're saying,, let's say you want to start a business. Yeah, I mean, it's a scary thing, right? Because we're usually told, you know, go to school, get a good job, work for a big company, stay there for 40 years. You know, for a lot of our parents, that was the norm at the time. And that's kind of the safe way to live your life, right? thankfully things are changing now and more and more people are starting their own businesses. And of course it's natural to have fear, but I think what you could do is examine, like, are you actually in danger? So if you contact this client, you know, is, is something physical danger going to happen to you? No, <laughs> you <know? laughs> they might say no, you know, and you might feel disappointed, but that's probably the worst that will happen. Or if you start a business, people will tell you you're crazy. I mean, I've had this experience myself when I, was first living or when I lived in New York and I first started my pet care service, it was really interesting to see the people who supported it and the people who I literally had friends. Like, tell me, who do you think you are? You're crazy. Like, you, you, why would you do that? Like, you can't, you can't have your own business. So needless to say, I'm not really friends with those people anymore. And it was kind of the same thing in Japan when I was starting my intuition business. And yeah, I had a lot of fear around this in particular, like having a pet care service, it's it's understandable. Like, you know, people can understand that, you know, if you have a photography business or you make cakes, like, it's completely tangible, people understand that. But when you say I'm an intuitive guide and I lead people through a session, you know, to work on an area of their life, they're like, what, you know, because it's not a tangible thing. And also a lot of people don't believe in this. They're like, oh, that's just a bunch of woo-woo crap. And so I've definitely gotten negative feedback or pushback. I mean, very little, actually, I'm surprised. I've actually found most people are pretty curious uh, or supportive. And actually the other thing that's been really interesting is the people who actually have kind of come out of the woodwork to support me. Like I've had classmates from thirty years ago who I haven't you know had contact with other than a like hi on Facebook or something. And I've had some people send me really lovely messages, and people have stepped forward and you know they maybe have zero interest in having a session or or training their intuition, but you know it's always lovely to have that support. And what I try to do, uh, or why do I try to focus on to kind of harness that fear is to focus on the end result. When I think about like, I'm even getting a little emotional right now thinking about it. When I work with people and things come up for them and they are able to sit in a space of safety that I'm holding for them. And they're able to communicate something that quite often they have never shared before with another human being. And simply sometimes by just talking about it, or they see it from a different point of view, and it shifts something in them, and they're able to release some type of energy or pain that's been holding them back sometimes for decades. I mean, that just moves me past the fear. So um, the other thing I want to say about fear is I see a lot of people who are trying to like shove away the fear or get rid of the fear. And I'm like, it's not possible. That's like trying to get rid of love. Like I said, the, the two main energies in, in life are love and fear. And you just have to hold them both by the hand and move forward. And the more you embrace the fear, or like I said, sometimes I, you just try to harness it and be like, listen, fear, we're just going to do this today, whether you like it or not, you know, and just keep moving forward. And eventually the fear can actually drive you forward and it can actually become Kind of your sidekick, you know. I I try to think of it that way sometimes. I've got love on my left and I've got fear on my right, and I'm just going to hold both their hands and we're just going to take a step forward.
0: There you go. That's
1: how I try to think of
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've heard lots of different sort of analogies about fear over the years. You know, I really love the one that the wonderful writer who I love, she wrote Big Magic. What's her name? Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, there we go. Yeah, she wrote about fear as you know, Mm. it's allowed to come with you in the car, but it's not allowed to sit up front and it's not allowed to (laughs) touch anything. It has to sit in the back exactly. and it has to sit in the back and it's mm-hmm. not allowed to you know like direct the direction or you know like fiddle with the navy or the radio or anything but it's allowed to come along for the ride and yeah, yeah. so instead of pushing it down pushing it away and um, ignoring it all of those things then you should just acknowledge it and take it along with you because yeah it's trying to protect you but no one's going to get it hurt if you start up your you know, your business, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Generally, nobody's going to get hurt, right? Um, Maybe just your ego when things don't always (laughs) go how you want, you know, (laughs) your ego might be a little bit damaged, but yeah, generally you're going to be okay.
1: No, that's actually exactly, you know, with the ego is there's a lot of fear there in the ego, right? Because again, it wants to keep us in place and protect us. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, if we have an earthquake, of course we can't control that. Right, you can just prepare as well as you can and hope for the best. Right, and hope well. Hopefully, there's no earthquake. Um, but in the case of again, yeah, building a business or you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and to open yourself up to a relationship, for example. You know, what is the worst that can happen? Like, you're not, probably not going to die from it. You know? So, yeah, it, but it's, this is, again, for everyone I work with. And um, I guess I should explain a little bit. So this is how I see people. So first of all, we all, of course, we have, a, we have our physical body, we have our mental body, our emotional body, and then we have our energetic body. Some people say spiritual body. Um, I prefer to use the term energetic body. And we're very focused on our physical and mental body, you know, because again, there, it's tangible, obviously the physical body, the mental body, we can study things. Thankfully, our emotional body is getting more attention and things like therapy or, you know, like a lot of people have had depression issues or, or other mental health uh, illnesses are getting help now. It's becoming more accepted in our society to deal with the emotional body. Um, But I often find the energetic body is the one that gets neglected the most. Um, For some people who are very spiritual, they do focus on that, but a lot of people don't. And so the energetic body is your actual physical body, but it's also the space around your physical body. And I kind of see it like, like a snow globe. And I tell people this often when I'm trying to help them expand their energy is to imagine yourself in a snow globe and it's malleable. It can be very close to your body, your physical body and very constricted, or you can push it out to an infinite space. I mean, you're, you are as an infinite as the universe, your ener, your energetic body. And so when I'm doing a session, what I'm doing is I'm looking at the person's well, physical and energetic body and I'm seeing where they're holding certain energies. And I see this in my mind's eye. I don't actually see it in front of me. <laughs> And fear, again, I'm talking about fear is a big one. And this is often in two places. Number one, it's usually being held out in front of the person. It's almost like their arms are extended and they're holding this you know, precious stone, but it's almost like on fire and it's burning their hands, but they're afraid to drop it. And they're holding it out as far away from them as they can. Or I'm seeing it behind them and it's generally in the spine and the pelvis. And this can actually cause a lot of physical pain in the physical body and, or they're holding it behind them because when we have things happen in our life or there are things that we just don't want to deal with, we don't want to face, we tend to throw it behind us. And so there's a lot of pain and a lot of fear that people are literally dragging behind them. And I often see it, again, coming out of the spine and reaching back or coming out of the pelvis and reaching back. Uh, I also see it in the heart a lot. When it's in the heart, it's usually grief. This can be the passing of someone we love. It can be a heartbreak from a past relationship. It could even be a heartbreak from a, a family member, a loved one. And uh, also the fear is generally in the solar plexus, which is one of the energy centers of the body. This is uh, in the physical body, this would be the diaphragm. And fear is, really sits in that part. So uh, for a lot of people who maybe have stomach issues or intestinal issues, this is a, an area they might wanna focus on because we do tend to hold fear in that part of the body. And then of course, in the mind, the mind is very powerful. So that is another place where we hold our stories
0: and and our fears. Wow. Yeah. So- (laughs)
1: that's a lot of information right? it is a lot of information so if you're like
0: i don't understand this it's okay you don't have to because christine mm. does and she'll guide you <laughs> it's just like you know driving a car we don't know how the thing works but we know how to drive it so you know we we drive a car you know but we don't mm-hmm. need to know how the whole car works and this is i think the similar sort of thing with this, yeah, that's this very energy thing voice. you know mm-hmm. we don't need to know all of the how this works or whatever but yeah you can you know you get energy you you see you know no, what's the word you absorb energy from people Absolutely. like you know, for people who don't understand this on a higher level like you experience mm-hmm. this yourself already by noticing oh that person's give me a bad bad vibe or mm-hmm. i get a really good vibe from this person i want to spend more time with them that yes. is what we're talking about about energy you know it's like a it could be a vibration that you experience, mm-hmm. and we we say as a vibe, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, right. and that's and you know, dogs, for example, can sense your <laughs> your energy, right? They're just like, mm-hmm. "I love you, you are the best person in the world," or like, "Go away, I'm gonna rip rip your pants off," you know, like you're, <laughs> you know, you're obviously here to cause trouble. They they totally know these things, so yeah, very interesting. So you said you you experience your intuition in your mind's eye. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. What does it look like to you when you when you're seeing this intuition, or you experiencing this intuition?
1: Well, it's of course different with every person, and let's see. There are several ways I see it. I, I see a lot of colors, and I see a lot of nature. Uh, sometimes animals, and generally when I'm working one to one with people, I will see a family member who's passed on, or an ancestor. Sometimes the ancestors from like 10 generations ago. And sometimes they are just kind of fuzzy. And sometimes I see them quite clearly. So essentially, there's like two main ways. I often will see things as like a still photo. So it's like suddenly in my mind, there's the still photograph. And it's very detailed, usually. And it's usually in color. Occasionally, it's black and white. And so I'm just simply telling the person what I'm seeing. Nine times out of 10, I have no idea what these things mean, but they do. Um, the other way, and this is the more common way I see it, it's almost like a movie is playing out in my mind. So it would be as I was standing on the set of, a, of a, a movie being filmed, and I'm next to the camera. And in front of me is the scene with all of this detail and the characters and the people and the colors and the animals and the energies And again, I'm just sharing with this person what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, and what I'm feeling. Um, I tend to feel the energies. Um, Sometimes I feel it in my own body. Like one time I was reading this guy and we were on on Skype and we didn't even have the cameras on and we got on the call and all of a sudden my left ankle was throbbing. And I said to him, "Um, did you? do something to your left ankle. Did you twist it or something or break it? And he was like, what? I saw I was out running this morning and I tripped and I sprained my left ankle and I'm sitting here now with it up on ice. And I'm like, well, I can feel that. (laughs) So sometimes I actually do feel it in my own body. And sometimes I just can see the energy in the other person's body or in their energetic field around their body. So the feeling, and then I, I don't actually usually hear anything I just know something like a fact, like my name is Christine. My birthday is October 27th. I like dogs and chocolate, you know, and so I'll just get some information about the person. Occasionally I will hear a sound or music or, or even a voice, but that's very rare. I usually just am kind of downloading information for this person.
0: So I have to ask, how do you turn this off and on? Cause this must be really tiring to have that going on all day long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is something that I work on daily and I have gotten stronger with it. Again, like I said before, like intuition is a gift that we all have. It's just simply using it. And now some people obviously have it. It's more strong than others. So it's part of my training. I I met my mentor uh, seven years ago, a little bit over seven years ago. And I started training with her and using a lot of the tools that she has taught me has helped me tremendously. Um, It was something I, you know, didn't realize. Like as a child, I was incredibly sensitive. I was very shy, quiet, introverted. Uh, I, you know, cry at the drop of a hat. (laughs) And though I was really curious about people, I was a little bit afraid of them. And I now I can look back at that and like oh you know I wasn't crazy there was nothing wrong with me I was just absorbing all of these energies and I would see things and know things and I recall a few times trying to share that information and usually it didn't go over too well you know especially like if I knew people were lying and it was very confusing as a child I didn't understand it of course. Um, and then when I moved to New York, and I started, I actually started doing yoga. That's how it originally, my personal growth and development um, path, as it were, started. And yoga was really powerful for me. I was learning yoga and meditation and mindfulness. Oh gosh, like 25 years ago, when people thought it was hippy dippy stuff, and like my friends would make fun of me for going to yoga classes in New York. But I really started to become more present in my own body and mind, and start to I started to examine these energies and started to understand more that I was absorbing these energies from people and holding them in my body and and in my mind when I would see these pictures or words or and also feeling the thoughts or feelings of other people but again I didn't quite understand it and I did have people tell me oh you're psychic and but I at that time, even it wasn't like today, people will throw the word intuition around and, and psychic at that time was like, well, you're a weirdo. So I really didn't want to be associated with that. Um, so again, when I, I was living in Nagasaki, Japan, this was uh, seven years ago. And I always say it was random, but of course it wasn't random. I I was just dinking around on the internet one day and I saw this advertisement for free energy clearing session. And I was so drawn to this woman's picture. I don't know why. I mean, she was, I mean, she was a beautiful woman with blonde hair and green eyes, but I was like, wow, I just was so drawn to this. And so I signed up for this webinar she was doing. And I mean, how many webinars do we sign up for that we never <laughs> attend, right? And I just kept hearing, you have to join this. You have to join this call. And in Japan, it was, I don't know, I think it was at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. She was living in the United States. And so I joined this call and I remember it was, it was January and it was really cold. And, you know, the houses in Japan are not very well insulated. And so I was laying on my yoga mat on the heated carpet with a blanket, trying to keep warm. And I had my earphones in. I start listening to this um, energy clearing session this woman was doing and I recall she was uh, focusing on the DNA of our ancestors and how the our ancestral energy and how it's passed down through our DNA. And I don't remember exactly what she said, but I just know that within, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, I was sobbing uncontrollably. Like that deep from the gut, like you feel like you're going to be sick, sobbing and the tears are just running down my face into my ears <laughs> And my partner was in the next room and he came running in he's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'm just clearing ancestral energy.
0: <laughs>
1: this is a <laughs> and good <he's>, thing. <laughs> I know he's become very used to this kind of conversation now. It's funny because he's a, he's a physicist by, uh, by study and, but he's actually very open to all this. He's so used to me just, he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I remember I, I was on that call was, I don't know, an hour or so. And, Like you had said earlier, you said when you joined my group call, you were crying and you felt really drained. But then you felt better after, and it was the same thing. I went to bed that night just completely wiped out. What the heck just happened to me? I think I slept for like twelve hours, and because I remember I woke up at noon the next day, and um, I think it was a Sunday. And and my boyfriend was like, "Are you okay?" Like. (laughs) It's noon, you know, but I felt so good. I felt like I had lost 10 pounds, you know, and not just in my physical body, but in my emotional body. So needless to say, I signed up for her, <laughs> for her sessions and yeah, that's when I began Training with her, and well, at first I was uh, training like I was just training. I was uh, taking her online courses and just for my own self study, and again, just really um, learning about intuition and starting to understand myself on such a deep level that I had never gotten to with years of therapy or years of yoga and meditation. And I mean, all those are wonderful. I'm happy, and I, I still continue to do all of those things, but. There was something about noticing the energies and being able to examine um, all of these thoughts, feelings, ideas, beliefs, um, where I took action, where I was in inaction, where I procrastinated. Where I was holding pain, where I was holding on to my stories, and being able to examine these and start to uh, unravel them and start to let things go, or at the very least get to a point of neutrality if I wasn't able to let it go. So it it, it completely shifted my life. And um, then I think it was two 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 and a half years ago, uh, my mentor was like. Yeah, I'm too busy. I need to train some of y'all to uh, do this work with me. <laughs> so I was invited into doing um, a very intensive uh, two-year training course with her, and that was pretty much like being turned inside out. But uh, it wasn't always easy. It was quite brutal at times, and 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 I still even have my stuck places that I still have to work on. But it's uh, again, it's been life changing and has really propelled me forward. And now I have a business. If you had told me, you know, two years ago that I was going to be starting my own business as an intuitive guide. I would have told you you were completely out of your mind, but here we are. <laughs> so.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we're even talking today and I just have, we, this is just a, like a, uh, like a quirky little story that we have to share. Mm. I feel right. That we're having this interview on this, on our, on the podcast oh, yeah. today about how that happened, because that was really funny. Wasn't it? It was one yeah. of those, those things. So do you want to tell the story? I think you should tell it because you're the one who it happened to. Right. So, Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Which story is it? Yeah, this? so um, you know, remember, <laughs> remember when I invited you to be on this this podcast? The day yes, that I, I sent do. you the message and I said I think you should be on my podcast, and uh-huh. you said to me at this right at this moment, my mentor or, or someone, my trainer or tutor or whatever, in New Zealand. Oh yes.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had forgotten. Now I recall. Okay, so. I I have the main mentor that I've been working with for seven years, but I've also worked with uh, other coaches that she has trained and and also a a lot of other people. So it's been been a group effort. Let's put it that way. It's not just one person, but yes, I do have a coach. She lives in New Zealand and she's uh, been doing this work for about 10 years. She's very powerful. And um, you had invited me to be on the podcast and I was like, To be honest, I was was excited, yes, of course. And I was like, yeah, wow, that's wonderful. And I'm excited, but I was also a little scared because one of my... Uh, stuck areas is public speaking and it's still something I'm working on I'm getting much better at it a year ago I never would have been on this podcast but again here we are so I was communicating with her about something else and she said to me oh I just have to tell you I just got a really powerful vision of you and you're sitting um with headphones on and a microphone in front of you and you your whole your throat is completely open and you are sharing your story and it's just going out into the into the universe and touching all these people and then she said, I think you're on someone's podcast. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Because I said, someone just invited me to be on their podcast like an hour ago. And she's like, well, there you go. And she's like, you're doing the podcast, right? I said, yes, absolutely. I'm doing the podcast. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was really weird and, and a little bit sort of creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely that to, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. so fun I, I
0: love little you know stories like that people might say oh that's just a coincidence and I'm like yeah okay whatever it's still fun mm. <laughs> I enjoy I don't that.
1: believe in coincidence I think it's like there's it's it's all your intuition it's all your knowing
0: yeah because actually uh, I think I started out the invitation by saying Christine I, I have to contact you because you keep popping into my mind and so I just mm. you know I think that's if you we go back and check the chat that's what I said and that like, you keep popping into my mind and so I just thought I have to reach out to you and say blah 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 and I want you to be on the podcast and that's how we we got to it so yeah it was just this like little niggling thing in my brain <laughs> and so often I don't like I don't actually act on those and you know sure. I obviously should more because in mm-hmm. that case you know that was meant to be another thing that happened just a couple of days ago because last weekend I had this niggling thing that I should ask ask my friends, my two friends in New Zealand, for help because I'm looking for another staff member. And mm. I was thinking, why should I ask them? What who would they know? You know, like totally doubting myself. <laughs> and they just kept coming to me. Just ask them. Ask your friends. And so I did. And so I put it into this chat that we have, this group chat. And when one of them came back to me almost immediately. It's like I have the perfect person for you. And mm-hmm. yeah. So and now I. I have someone who's going to start working with me. So it's really weird that, that, that sort of thing. So I, I think it's, you know, having worked with you a little bit more recently that I'm mm-hmm. starting to just let myself follow those things more. I just notice them more. Okay. Let's just try it. You know, what could ha- What could be wrong by actually asking your friends in New Zealand, if they know anyone who could work with you, mm-hmm. nothing that could be wrong with that. So Absolutely. just go and do it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Why do you have yeah. to doubt yourself? Yeah.
1: One of the best ways to train your intuition is to simply ask questions. You know, questions are a gateway to possibility. You know, the way I look at it is the universe is infinite. Therefore, there are infinite possibilities in the world. There are infinite questions. So if you simply ask a question, you will get maybe one answer or maybe you'll get a 100. You don't know. And like you said, your example is perfect. It's something simple like looking for an extra staff member but you can also do this with, with anything. Like, should I start a business? Yes or no. And then, but you can move past that. Like, like, what is my goal in this business? What do I want to achieve? Who do I want to help? There's again, endless questions, or if you're working on an area of your life, that's not working so well, not going the way you want it to, you can ask, you know, like, okay, what's going on here? What, what energy am I holding in my body or around my body? you know, when did this begin? Like, how old was I? Was I four years old? Was I 20 years old? What is this connected to? What story from my past? What experience from my past is this connected to? Is it connected to another person, to an incident? Is it something that I decided for myself? I mean, there's, again, a lot of different questions you could ask, depending on what it is you want. And this is something I I often do at night before I go to sleep. I have um, my little routines and uh, I do like little yoga stretches and some breathing exercises. Sometimes I listen to a guided meditation. But one of the things I often do is if I'm thinking about something, you know, whether it's taking action on something or, you know, trying to release um, some energies or a story that's holding me back, I will just lay in my bed and just close my eyes and take a deep breath and just ask these questions to the universe before I go to sleep. Like, okay, what is this? Who's it connected to? How can I move forward? What do I need to do to release this and uh, go to, you know, basically sleep on it.
0: Yeah. There's a lot to sleeping on it, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: (laughs) Sometimes I'll have an answer in a dream and sometimes nothing, you know, be like, okay, that didn't work. But usually I will get some information in some way, shape or form, you know, and yeah, then I often have an answer to my question. So that is one, one way you can train your intuition again, just by asking questions. And sometimes you have to be very patient because those answers do not always come right away, but sometimes they come quite quickly.
0: There you go. Yeah, I love that that <laughs> advice. Um, yeah, before you go to bed, I often do that. If I have something I'm wondering about, I'll just ask myself a question, go to sleep. I might mm-hmm. get an answer, I might not. But your subconscious is working on those questions yeah. even when you're sleeping, Absolutely. and it's working in a I've, so I've heard in a pure state, a much more pure state than when you are awake. And yes. your what's the other mind? The one that's like really.
1: Well, you have your conscious mind and you your conscious your mind is like no mind. no
0: no no that's not right you know or whatever
1: <laughs> scary <Absolutely. laughs>
0: um yeah
1: the conscious mind you know the logical rational mind i mean we need that as well to survive in this world <laughs> you know like you know don't run across the road when a truck's coming you know or of course we need that that also is our ego but the subconscious mind um Well, that's kind of the irony is often what is driving us because we're again, we've absorbed all of this energy from other people and through our experiences in life, and we're holding on to this. And it's often in the form of thoughts, ideas and beliefs that and those are very difficult to shift, but you can start to train your subconscious mind as well. And again, asking questions is one great way to do it. Um, often in my sessions, people do kind of go into that, I guess it's sub sleep state. I can't remember the exact terminology for it, but they're not sleeping, but they're not fully awake. And this is actually quite common um, when you do energy work um, because your conscious mind is actually shutting off and the subconscious mind is taking over. And this is actually a good thing because you can go to a deeper level And you can get more information and you can clear out some old energies or patterns that are, that are keeping you stuck. I've had people say to me, wow, I feel like I just went out of my body. Like I wasn't, you know, like floating, like if you hear people maybe pass away and then they come back into their body, but it's not like that. They said, I felt like I was me sitting next to me on your sofa. (laughs) Like I wasn't completely in my body. And I'm like, yeah, that's very common. And actually when I do sessions, I often also kind of go out of my physical body a little bit you know because i'm tapping into this other energy field and it's much more powerful and when i turn off that thinking mind then it opens up the pathway to all of this other information that will flood in ego
0: yeah Yeah. i know this
1: is so much information people are probably like it's a lot lot for
0: (laughs) for newbies first timers uh, all of that but um yeah like if you want to experience something like this yeah you can get in touch with Christine and she might just have something to tell you that she <laughs> she knows about you already <laughs> be prepared for that yeah it's quite exciting mm. and interesting as well so another thing I wanted to talk with you uh, today just briefly is mm. how we can be resilient vulnerable and empathetic all at the same time
1: yeah this is a, a big one um you know emotions are um, a huge thing <laughs> for all of us and um, especially this past year you know, with COVID and and all of the things happening in the world um, I I kept hearing people say like oh, I want to be more resilient I want to be more resilient and you know, I, I was just observing this and thinking well you already are so again this kind of goes back to again when I was a child I was often told I was too sensitive I was too emotional you know I wore my Hard on my sleeve, and that I needed to toughen up, <laughs> you know, and so I carried that with me for a long time and. <sighs> it actually makes me a little angry because what happens is when when people try to toughen up is you're actually creating a new energy and it's almost like a little fortress around you. And that in and of itself can create your life and that's not a place you want to be. So you already are resilient. You already are vulnerable. You already are empathetic. We all have these abilities. We have every range of emotion. So what I try to tell people is to... Just acknowledge your emotions and you are resilient and you can be resilient and vulnerable and empathetic all at the same time. And I think being vulnerable is truly beautiful. Because that is where you're going to open up and where you're going to connect with people on a much deeper level. And sometimes I just wish the whole world would allow <laughs> itself to be vulnerable and compassionate and empathetic and realize that we can be resilient at the same time. And so, like I was saying earlier, you know, when I started learning more about my intuition, I look back at these experiences and, for example, leaving um, my my hometown and moving to New York, not knowing anyone. I was trusting my intuition. Um, and then getting on a plane and moving to Japan when I was 36 years old, not knowing a single person, not speaking a word of Japanese. And again, following my intuition, but I realized, wow, that actually takes quite a bit of resilience to be able to do something like that. That takes a lot of power. You know, and so uh, getting on those planes and going off and literally flying off into the unknown, you know. And so, yeah, I just want to share with people like, yeah, just you are resilient already and you can be resilient and powerful and strong and you can be vulnerable. And compassionate and empathetic. They don't, you don't have to choose one or the other. You can be both. And what an incredible world this would be if we allowed ourselves and others to carry those energies and, and to share those energies and to hold that space for each other to be vulnerable and compassionate. It would make the connections between humans and animals and nature just so much deeper. And that's what I'm interested in. I love getting down in the muck. Like I like to say with people, I'm like, bring it on, bring me your mud, bring me your dirt. I want to see all that that stuff because to me, that's what's interesting. That's what's amazing. And when you can be in that space and communicate those things and I listen and I just try to grant a space of safety and yeah, listening and connection and what comes out of that is, is truly incredible. myself and for the people I'm working with. I hope that answered
0: your question. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, they're not mutually exclusive, right? These, these things, you can be them, you can be A and you can be B. And the fact is that we want to be with people who are those things, right? Like if you think of someone, you know, who's resilient, vulnerable and empathetic, they are the most magnetic people probably. And people want to be with them more, or, Mm -hmm. you know, those are the kind of people we want to be with. And so, yeah, to be, to be able to be more of that yourself, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you have to improve yourself. It's just to acknowledge what you are already and just let it be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You've already got all of this stuff inside you. It's already there. It's just a matter of expanding the energy and, and allowing it to flow more freely and the same for others, you know, to hold the space for others to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, I know that resilient word has been such a like a, a like a catchphrase or like popular yeah. word. Resilience, even in Japanese, resilience gi- 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 so or something has become <laughs> like a popular mm-hmm. word. We're all supposed yeah. to be stronger, and yeah. all of that is like that doesn't have to be hard. It's just not yeah. and in fact you should be even softer perhaps because being mm-hmm. hard is not really the point here it's it's just not giving up it's, it's taking a break if you have to but not giving up and just keeping going if you if you can when you can that's mm-hmm. what re- being resilient is isn't it it's just doing what you can yeah. in the end yeah. <laughs> getting there hopefully in style not broken <laughs> and busted up
1: <laughs> right well and even if you're broken and busted up it's all good you know well, what it's you're gonna like, get
0: there yeah yeah
1: it just, it's all about experiences and just putting one step in front of the other and, you know, take a breath. Like, that's what I often tell people, myself even too, like, okay, just close your eyes, take a breath, you know, feel whatever you're feeling. Yeah, this is another little... Tool I have is um I I, again I I'm not a therapist I don't know the exact amount of time but I believe it's ninety seconds that our brain will produce the chemicals that will flood through our body for whatever emotion it is that we're feeling before it kind of settles down so if you're feeling in a state of fear or anger or whatever, whatever energy it is, especially if it's a lower vibrational energy, just take a breath, close your eyes if you can, and you know breathe as deeply as you can for the 90 seconds or more. And then just allow yourself to feel whatever the feeling is. If you can label it great, if you can't, because a lot of times people say, I don't know what this feeling is, it just doesn't feel good. I say, well, okay, then just wherever you're feeling that in your body, Or in the energy field around you just allow yourself to feel it don't push it away don't shove it down don't try to you know attack it or destroy it whatever it is
0: don't try to eat food and shove it down drink alcohol and make it feel numb.er yeah that's that's what we do right or turn on netflix and avoid it yeah
1: right absolutely that's a big thing especially the past years we just want to avoid the world we want to avoid so many things and it's so easy now to turn on netflix and open the fridge right not that there's anything wrong with you know having snacks and watching Netflix, but if it's you know keeping you stuck on your sofa for months, it's probably not such a good thing, right? So yeah, just allow yourself to feel whatever the energy is. And again, like if you can't label it, then don't. That's not the important thing. I mean, that's just semantics. It's just a word, right? And then we often get stuck on that too. You know, like, oh, it's my anger. This isn't just feel, whatever it is, take a breath, allow it to pass, and then, you know, move forward and invite in. This is another tool I use with people is what we're trying to do is to release some of the stuck energies, lower vibrational energies like anger or fear, and either release them or elevate them to a higher level of, you know, love or joy or laughter, whatever positive energy you would like to invite into your your energy your energy body that is a big um also part of what i do with people
0: so finally before we we sign off today <laughs> are you re- are you receiving an intuitive message right now in of some form in some way or um i don't know a message or do you see anything or hear anything right now
1: well it's actually from myself and uh it's basically to keep putting myself out there, which again, I think I mentioned earlier, this is a, you know, I still have my stuff.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm a human, I'm, I'm in a human body at the moment, as far as I know, right? I'm living on planet earth. So, you know that's another thing I want to tell people. I'm I'm not going to tell you, you're going to come and have one session with me and your life's going to be hunky dory, you know, (laughs) like, you know, if there are layers to this, there are years of this. Right. And so, but things can be shifted really quickly, especially when you're ready to let it go. But yeah, I'm just kind of getting for myself that I really just need to put myself out there more and let people know what I do and invite them to work with me if they feel called to do that. So thank you for giving me this space. And yeah, I've realized in the past year and a half or so, maybe two years now, I've built this amazing community in Japan through Make March Matter, which we are both members of um, through a wonderful yoga studio here called Sun and Yoga. I've worked with Sarah Fudio, who's an awesome coach and a few which is another organization here in japan for women and i have just had so many women step up and surround me and support me and encourage me and you are one of them and you know they're seeing what i sometimes don't see or what i'm afraid to step into and so yeah i'm working on putting myself out there so thank you for giving me the space to do that
0: no that's a perfect message and i think like you know, that was a message for you, but I think that is a very good message for all of us as well. Let's keep putting Ooh. yourself out there. There's a lot of people who'll be listening who that will be also the perfect message, I'm sure. So right. that is a wonderful place to wrap up for the day. So if someone's like, yes, I'm feeling called <laughs> I've <I'm> following my <laughs> tradition and I'm feeling called to contact Christine, where should they go to should-
1: Oh, the best place would be to my website, which is claritywithchristine.com. There's a lot of information on there, my contact information, and also I have a free meditation, a guided meditation, and uh, some information about my individual sessions or my group sessions.
0: Excellent. Yes. Please check out the website. And you're also on Instagram. I know that if you and all of that, but I think, yeah, your website's probably a great place to start. And Mm -hmm. I can highly recommend Christine's sessions as well. I've also been through them, both group and private ones. And I've really, yeah, I found them really valuable as well. So keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping people. Yeah. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. And thank you for, yeah, opening up our minds to a different, a new thing, a different thing, if you've never heard of this before. (laughs) And who knows, yeah, where it will lead us all. So thank you so much. And- We'll see you again soon. No, Thank you so much, Jane. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Christine, and perhaps your mind is open to something new that you hadn't thought about before. I can thoroughly recommend Christine if you'd like to try one of her sessions. Also, if you'd like to ask me more about my session, I'm happy to speak with you privately about that. Just give me a message on Instagram, Transformations with Jane, or on Facebook as well. Also, check out Christine's website, which will be up and out there by the time you listen to this podcast. And it's a brand new website as well. So I think you'll be able to get more of a sense of who she is from looking through some of her things on there. She's also on Facebook and all of those places where you can find, (laughs) find, where you can usually find people. But I would love to hear from you. Now, if you are someone who has had an interesting experience from using your intuition, please let us know. Send me an email, tag me on Instagram, perhaps uh, screenshot this episode and share it and tell us your thing that happened when you were using your intuition. I'm looking for a new staff member and just had this niggling thought, ask your friends in New Zealand, ask your friends in New Zealand. And when I did, magically, someone was recommended to me straight away. And yeah, now I'm working at having her come onto my team. And she's probably going to listen to this episode at some point while she's working on doing some of the things in the background for this podcast as well. So that's really fun too. I just cannot count the times where my intuition has led me somewhere good, where something good has happened or I've avoided some kind of calamity by following my intuition. Often it comes as this niggling feeling or someone keeps popping into my head. And sometimes I just know when things aren't right with someone, or I will see something maybe they're posted on social media and i'll just get this feeling that oh they're not in a good place right now or maybe they need someone to talk to or something like that will just just pop into my head and i know we all get those kinds of feelings so it's good to learn to trust those i feel more and more and often we will talk ourselves out of things because our rational mind will very quickly come in very loudly and go well that's rubbish what that's not true whatever but, you know, the rational mind can actually lead you in the wrong direction sometimes. And I can think of several occasions in my in my life where I've not followed my intuition and I followed my rational mind or what I should be doing and ended up in a situation that wasn't ideal and then had to get out of it somehow. So, yes, always try to listen to your intuition. It generally, even if you can't see that it's leading you in the right direction <laughs> right then, Later, I think you are able to see that you are in the right place after all. So that is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for joining. In the next few weeks, we have more amazing women from all over Japan coming to you on the Transformations with Jane podcast. I would love to hear from you. Please send me a message. Tell me what your takeaways were. Please tag both me and Christine. Let us know. We would love to hear. Also, share this episode with one friend who you think could benefit from listening, and I would appreciate that very, very much. So thank you so much and have a good week. I'll see you again soon. Enjoy your golden week (laughs) and take care. Bye-bye.